When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Bonner looking to get close side of Bonner. Bonner away from Davis. 3-1 running. Three points running. Hello and welcome to the Elm Park Rolls preview podcast supported by Phantom Bruco. Well, we all know there's been a situation with the points deduction. That's on a different podcast that we're just releasing now. At some point, Alex should be putting it out called Six Points Down, question mark. I'm going through all the world of podcasts again. But this one is going to be all about Middlesbrough, the match. So we're not going to talk about that. If you want to hear about that, go and listen to that one. But it's just me. And the magnificent man that is James Earnshaw. How you doing? <laughs> good, thanks, Paul. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Apart from Reading FC, <laughs> that's the bad bit, isn't it? Get that printed on a t-shirt. I'm sure many would buy. I'm sure they would. Yeah. Oh, give me an idea. Get that up on the shop. <laughs> I'm not giving you a percentage though. <laughs> yeah, my royalties. Yeah. Right then. So you spoke spoke to uh, Paul Ince today, and let's focus on those injury updates because that's what we've always have, haven't we? Every single week. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, the, the main one is the fear of a junior Hoylet. Um So it's six to eight weeks with a hamstring, uh, although he wasn't sure if it could signal the end of his season. He wasn't sort of too um, sort of sure, but at least six to eight weeks. So that's going to be a big old miss for a regular and who has been one of the most consistent performers this season. Um, but I guess in better news, you've got Year Dom obviously coming back from suspension. Um, Joe Lumley can't play, obviously against his parent club. Uh, so it'll be Buzanis in goal. Um, still no Ovi Ajaria, who's still struggling a bit with his knee. Uh, Nuka Zhao and Tom Holmes are back in training, but they've been out for four or five weeks, so uh, I wouldn't expect to see them being thrown in at the deep end. Uh, and Liam Moore's now a magician because he's now managed to turn around an injury, a career, a season-ending injury, uh, into a full week of training and, and maybe potentially involved in the coming weeks. So, you know, maybe that's a, a secondary career option he can look at after he retires. <laughs> it may be, maybe, yeah, it can go on stage. And oh my God, I'm going to talk about Paul Daniels here. You have no idea who that is, James, but it's one from way back. And you'll like this, but not a lot. But so there'll be some people who know what that means, but that's a niche, niche joke there. I, I'm almost ashamed of it, but I'm not. But <laughs> here we go then. So I did notice I listened to a little bit of the Borough Breakdown podcast earlier this weekend, like last weekend. And they're also doing our preview this week, and they're excellent. And uh, Tom from their podcast said, oh, I'm really gutted that Lumley can't play. Because <laughs> like, obviously their memories of him are really bad. But for us, he, I still think he'd probably be... I'm going to put myself out here. I'm going to say he's going to be in the top three for player of the season. What do you think, James? 
Yeah, I was going to agree with you there. I mean, the winner is running away with it. Mm. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if maybe Andy Carroll uh, mm. gets in its second for the impact he's made. For me, it's between Carroll and... Um, oh, who is it? Carroll oh. and... Carroll and, yeah, Holmes, Holmes or McIntyre uh, for me in the top three. Uh, but Lumley, yeah, he's, he's made a few mistakes. Every keeper does. Um, but I don't think it helps having to face so many shots. Uh, Reading concedes so many shots on goal. He's bound to concede, you know, every now and then. And uh, he's, especially sort of post-Christmas, I think he's really stepped up. Um, and he's a shithouse. He doesn't have a shithouse. So he ticks a lot of the boxes for me. And, you know, so what if other teams don't rate him? I mean, how many players have Reading had down the years that have excelled at Reading and have gone on to be not so good at other places? As long as he's good for us, it's what matters. Yeah, I couldn't give a shit what other clubs think. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm quite happy as long as he does well for us. That's all I'm interested in. So, yeah, here we go then. Here's the prediction time. What are you going <laughs> to say, James? <laughs> Here's the moment of truth. What in provide a just... miracle on what's been a crazy week? Just Ooh, got to remember, I got the exact score right last week to a T. No, no, you. hang on. If I could play a klaxon, I really would. Yeah. But yeah, uh, woo, no, you're right. 3-1, uh, yeah. I got it right. Correct. Bang on. Do you want to do that one again? Because I did enjoy that. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going for two. I'm going for two consecutive correct results. I'm going yeah. one nil reading. Wow. I just think it's gonna be so bold. typically reading. To have such a crap week, but to back it up with some miraculous result on the pitch. So I'm going to go one nil, um, and yeah, halfway to claiming back the six points. It's it's well, that sounds great. This is late, but this is for your correct score prediction. <laughs> hey, thank you. You got it though. You got it right, and you do deserve a lot of credit for that. So you're saying one nil. Um, I've taken a lot less drugs than you today, so <laughs> I'm going to say. <laughs> Um, I'd love to say that. I'd love to believe in it. And, oh, God. Yeah, yeah, all right. I was going to say some uh, a lot more swearing, but I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I'm going to go for 2-1 ready. Why not? Yay. The absolute madness of a week. It seems insanity. And I don't believe it in any way or form. But let's try and create some positivity for us, Reading, because it's been a really difficult week. So thanks a lot for joining us, James. And after the break, we will be with the Borough breakdown with Dana and Matt Lansley and I've got to say I've listened to it already and it's excellent so get involved with that. Hello everyone welcome back to the second part of today's uh, preview where we're obviously previewing the game against Borough at the weekend. We've now flipped over to the view from the opposition and today to preview Borough we've got Dana from the Borough breakdown. How are you doing Dana? Yeah, I'm not doing too badly, Matt. And yourself? All good. All, well, well, all good apart from Reading FC at the moment. There's yeah. too much going on with Reading FC at the moment. There's never a dull day. Whenever we're out of the relegation scrap, we seem to be dragged back in by the club and the EFL and points deductions. But this section isn't about Reading FC. It's about Borough. So we're going to... Everyone's been bored to death already, probably, by, uh, <laughs> by, by everything that's happened over the last couple of days. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so Borough at the moment, it's been, I, I, well, we were just talking before the podcast about the previous time when we played you guys back in August, the wonderful days when Reading FC were in a promotion fight um, <laughs> up near the top of the table. We beat you guys 1-0. Since then, um, the change around has been quite 
majestic, it has to be said. Obviously, Borough sacking Chris Wilder, bringing Michael Carrick, and the Carrick revolution is just... It, well, it's taken you from 21st, I think it was, when you took over, to mm. third in the table. Yeah, say that again, Matt, please. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been brilliant. I think if you'd have told me in the reverse fixture or after the reverse fixture that Chris Wilder would have been sacked, then I'd have looked at you very strangely because it felt like this season was gearing up to nothing but progression. You know, from last season, we were very close to getting that playoff place. We missed out on the final day. Obviously, we got beat quite heavily by Preston, but spirits were still very much high. And I thought that it was just kind of the natural progression from there is trending upwards and unfortunately it just completely fell apart and that was largely down to just broken pieces behind the scenes nothing was collegial I think our head of football Kieran Scott basically came out and insinuated that there were a few fractious relationships behind the scenes that started because of uh, rumours that Wilder was interested in the vacancy at Burnley and it sort of just capitulated from there you know the season started with promise we were playing well we're not getting the results and then it sort of turned into this mass confusion of what are we actually seeing here and I remember going to Chris Wilder's final game in charge against Coventry and just looked like we were taking massive backward steps and that we were we just didn't look like the same team from last season so that was very very strange but when it came out that Chris Wilder did get the sack it was kind of like well you can't really argue with that and then since Carrick's come in He's just done everything and more that, that I ever expected. I really didn't didn't think that he was going to do too much. I thought we'd have a lot of more teething issues, but we haven't, and we've just we've just accelerated since. And it's um it's it's crazy how just how much of an impact and a positive impact that he's made uh, at this football club. It's a nice place to be when your club is just consistently winning, and all you can see, <laughs> or all you kind of think is that you can't see how you're going to lose this next game. There's been very few times mm. when that's happened at Reading FC, but um, <laughs> but it, it's a nice place when you're there. Um, kind of going back to Carrick's first game as well, it was interesting because it was a it was a two one loss to Preston. Carrick as mm. well after um, mentioned his press conference, obviously saying he knew it wasn't going to be a fairy tale or straightforward. But since that game, um, I mean, the form has been sensational. Thirteen games from the following seventeen. 13 in the 18 games that he's taken taken over. Um, one of the big things, though, has been home form. Um, obviously, played only seven games, which seems a bit weird given that he took over in uh, in October. But seven games at home, six wins, one draw, four, con- four goals conceded and 16 scored. Yeah, I mean, that's what I know of the Riverside. When we got promoted under Itok Ranker, it was very much Fortress Riverside. And it's it's been like that quite, you know, that's been the theme of our successful campaigns or more successful campaigns. It's built on those solid foundations at home. And it's it's really good to see. I didn't actually realise that we've only conceded four at home. Obviously, a little bit more in our competitions because we conceded five in one game against Brighton. But, you know, our bounce back ability is, has been brilliant this season that we can have a defeat like that. And I, I wouldn't really categorise it as a crushing defeat per se because they're a fantastic team. And I think they, they went and beat Liverpool the very next game in the Premier League. But... I think a good campaign is built on good home form. And if you can win your home games and then, you know, draw or win your away games, then it's the sign of a very good team. And it's it's what I love to see, you know, going to the Riverside and coming back with three points. It's, uh, you know, I, I love Fortress Riverside. Yeah, I mean, well, it keeps everyone happy, keeps the fans happy. But I mean, the the play style as well, 
under Carrick. I actually, it was, it was, it was a couple of weeks back. I saw a TikTok. Um, apologies for using the profanity of TikTok. I know <laughs> some people hate it, um, but I saw saw a TikTok on basically the change in style that Carrick has brought. Um, everyone loves to liken styles to other managers. This one was likening it to kind of the the, the Pep Guardiola kind of fullback oh, yeah. um, way of play, basically, where the two fullbacks, it's um, Giles and Smith, I think, for, for is, Borough, yeah. always pushing up, overloading the midfield. Um, leaves you a bit exposed at the back, but when you're going forwards, it just gives you an abundance of opportunities. Yeah, and I think with Ryan Giles as well, it's really important to Ian Mark, Riley McGree, because he is playing in, I mean, he's, he's situated as a left winger, but he's definitely not playing as one. He will tuck in, he'll come into those central areas, he'll play between the lines, which I think might be really important on Saturday's game, because I kind of do expect you to set up in a low block, and West Brom did that, and, and they nullified Riley McGree. But he just allows Ryan Giles to have that left-hand side to himself, and he's got a fantastic delivery on him. Although I will say... His deliveries from open player and from set pieces of late have been a little bit under his usual standard, which, you know, the the, the term wand of a left foot is, is only ever placed for a left footer, isn't it? You never hear wand of a right foot, do you? But he's got that. But I think that the sort of fluidity and movement is really good. And then, you know, Tommy Smith, as you mentioned, has, has really excelled. I don't think anybody expected him to be as good as he has been for us, but he's just allowed... Uh, just things to be knitted together, really. In build-out as well, you'll you'll quite often see Stefan, if not playing into those central areas, he'll try to ping a ball out wide to the right-hand side with Tommy Smith. So everything just seems to be really good at the moment, um, really complementary of, of each position and each player. Um, and we're not really bound to our 4-2-3-1 slash 4-3-3 formation. It is very fluid because of the movement that we have in the team. So it's just it's really, really good to watch. Yeah, well, I mean, the the TikTok kind of put it in very good, very good lights. I've seen a couple of the games from Borough this year as well. Standout, probably. Um, you'll probably like going back to this game, Sheffield United away. Mm. I I got a bit of stick from my friends group because that was the night of the Champions League. It was the Chelsea, I think it was Chelsea Borussia or something that night. And I was like, no, I don't want to watch that. I'm going to watch Sheffield United Borough because this is a really good game, in my opinion. Mm. I was so glad that I watched it because it was one of the best games yes. of football I've watched in a while. And Borough obviously came out in that 3-1 winners. Yeah, I tell you what, I'll always watch a championship game over a Champions League game. I don't know what it nice. is. It's just the, <laughs> the, the, the championship is one of a kind, isn't it, Matt? But yeah, that game was was absolutely brilliant. And going into it, I really didn't expect that. We have been playing well and we were playing well before that, but I really didn't expect us to go there. And they'd only uh, lost two games at Bramall Lane before that. And so it's some feat to beat them. And we just, we honestly, we played so well. We had to ride the storm the first like 10 minutes or so, but then when it clicked, it really clicked and we played some wonderful football. And that was a really big statement making week for us because we then went and beat QPR. And on that very weekend, Sheffield United uh, got beat by Millwall. Obviously things have changed slightly because we lost against uh, West Brom and, and uh, Sheffield United. Um, they won against Watford, but it's just such an intriguing um, promotion race. And that game was a real statement of intent that we could compete with the second place team in this division, which if you you know, remember you, you took over, Michael Carrick took over Millsborough in 21st position. I would have never thought that back then. Um, even though we weren't playing terribly, I just never thought that we could compete and, and play at, at that level against a team like Sheffield United. So that was definitely... Definitely the standout uh, performance and, and win of the season so far. 
it's just well Sheffield United are on kind of that edge of just being touchably close but maybe just a bit too far away because mm. they I think they also have a game in hand and is it's about five six points I mm. think that, that got the tough gap. run though tough, tough run doable because yeah. we've always we I mean I I always look back to the Reading season when we were um well we went on a second half of the season charge under Brian McDermott and you know I think we were 21st or 22nd after five games and then ended up winning the championship anything can happen you know it's it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's that kind of league Sheffield still got to play Burnley you know so it, it, it's it's anything can happen but kind of that that game was just fantastic I have to say mm. well thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed it um kind of a, looking the previous game West Brom didn't quite work 2-0 loss what was what was probably the or what what did West Brom do really in that game if you're speaking to Paul Lintz what should he do to stop this Borough team probably yeah set up in a low block and try to limit the space between the lines because I think that's where Borough operate the best with you know Riley McGree and then Chubrat Pom dropping deep as well as that withdrawn striker um you know what? I think nine times out of ten we can still breach a backline if they if they play with that low block because of our movement. Just didn't see it against West Brom. It was very strange. We weren't really stretching them as much. We weren't really sort of playing in behind or getting our key players on the ball as much, which I think was a lot down to Carlos Carbrand and the way that he set West Brom up. I think if any side or any manager can sort of out tactic Michael Carrick the way that he sort of projected so far at Middlesbrough it's it's Carlos Carbrand because he brought his Huddersfield team to the Riverside last season and did the exact same thing so I think probably just to try to frustrate us as much as we can I think Reading did do that last season um on, you know when we were playing under Chris Wilder but then you tie it towards the end of the game and then Isaiah Jones did what Isaiah Jones was doing back then um <laughs> you, you, you had to bring those terrible memories flooding back me <laughs> and Alex went to me and Alex went to that game and we were happy for about 75 minutes. Andy mm. Carroll scored yeah. as well against Borough, which he seemed to love as he does as a Geordie. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I, I, I will just never forget that final 90, what was it, fourth minute or something. Mm. Um, Alex was next to me. Ethan Bristow was the left back and he pretty much said what was going to happen, got beaten on the outside. The ball came in and... Oh, Matt Crooks. That that that, that <laughs> Crooks with the head. He got both, I think, that day as well. He did, yeah. He, he did, did, yeah. Oh, I've, re I've yeah. recently called uh, Matt Crooks the clutch man because he always comes up with those big moments for us. But he, yeah, he did then. And, and to be fair, to, you know, credit to you because I thought that for the majority of that game, you defended really well and you were well in it. Um, but obviously, it we was... unlocked the door in the end. It, yeah, and it was just a hallmark of January 2022 for Reading FC. That was our worst. I think I, I think it was historically, our statistically, our worst month ever. Oh, wow. We, we, we'd conceded something ridiculous, like 30 goals that in that month. And yeah, the less said about that Ooh, month, the better, to yeah. be honest. <laughs> yeah, we won't talk about that. <laughs> um, but kind of moving on to players. A couple of players who've really stood out. You probably know who we're going to go on to right now. You mentioned him um, just then as well. Tuba, Ak Ak Tuba Akpom. I nearly got it wrong there. I always do have names. <laughs> um, since Carrick has come in, 15 goals and 18, I think it is. And he's not even playing as a natural number nine, is he? Mm. I think he's playing as the number 10, almost behind, I think it's Archer that's normally in front yeah. of him. Yeah. Yeah, it's, you know what, I think... It's probably one of the biggest 
success stories of, of Michael Carrick's reign so far because he saw something in Chubratpom to play him in that withdrawn position. And he's always been a, a talented striker that's never, ever fulfilled his potential. And it's taken until now for him to do so. You know, pr- uh, previous to this, he's, he'd only scored 12 goals in English football. So the fact that he's one away from 20 in the league is crazy for him and crazy for Borough as well because we haven't had this since the days of Bernie Slaven. You know, me as a fan, since I've been supporting Middlesbrough, the closest striker that's come to reaching 20 goals has been Patrick Bamford in the playoff season in 2014-15. So, you know, we don't tend to have goal-scoring strikers. So the fact that we've got one, you know, we're, we're cherishing every moment of it. I remember when he scored against, um, I think it was against Wigan, he got a hat-trick uh, on Boxing Day. Uh, somebody below me, because I sit in the sort of upper east stand, someone in the east lower was literally bowing. That's how rare it is for Borough fans to to enjoy a goal scorer up front. And and yeah, as you said, he's not playing as the number nine, he's playing as the number 10, which is is even more impressive. And, you know, th- I think this game will, I'm, I'm going to say, I, I do feel like this will be the game where he does reach 20 in the league. And, um, you know, he's he just is a striker that, especially at home anyway, just looks like he's unstoppable and as I said, we just, we're not used to this. It's sort of like, you know, in, in some photos, you don't know what to do with your hands. Like, where do I put my hands? Am I putting them in my pocket? Am I putting them like, it's like, what am I to do with myself? We've got a goal scoring striker. I don't know what to do. It's just weird, but it's brilliant. Well, if you're Paul Ince, you would bench him because our goal scoring striker, <laughs> Lucas Shaw is pretty much ousted from the squad. And um, well, he's injured now, I think as well. So, um, oh so yeah, thankfully that that's not your situation with, uh, with Chubrat uh, Akpom. But um, kind of, you, you mentioned it as well. The home form has been fantastic for Borough under Carrick. The away form under Paul Ince at Reading FC has been mm. woeful, to say the least. I think yeah. it's 11 points in 16 for us. We, we just, Reading's a very frustrating team to watch now, um, especially away from home. But um, kind of coming coming into this game, for, for fans that are watching and kind of going up, one player to pick to to watch to focus on who's kind of the the man to watch if i think you'll probably pick chubrak akpom apart <laughs> from chubrak pom hmm you know what? i'm going to say riley mcgree um i've mentioned him a couple of times i think he is very influential and when riley mcgree plays well middlesbrough play well i actually think that in every game that riley mcgree has scored in borough have won or not lost. So I think he's a, a little lucky charm there for us. And he is getting in amongst the goals as well. His shooting isn't his strong point, I will say, but it, you know, he's getting in amongst the goals anyway. And he's just a very good footballer to watch, you know, very intelligent with his runs, um, the sort of slick, silky touch. I would probably say Riley McGree and you know, operating in those really key areas of football match between the lines and trying to exploit those key pockets. I think he's he's one of those players that can do that. And um, yeah, I think he's he's probably one that is very influential. And uh, I would probably earmark him as one to watch from uh, from our perspective. And he plays on the on the wing. Was he on the wing yes, or midfield? Left yeah, wing. wing. Left wing, but comes into a sort of central midfield position. Right, so Paul Ince, whoever you decide to play at right back, I think it's going to be Yeadham as he comes back. Just mark the bloody shit out of him. Um, yeah, don't don't and let Giles him and mark everyone. Just how hard can it be? Seriously, as a manager, you know, um, <laughs> whack on the man mark tactic and just yeah, just part leave the bus, that. part the bus, part the bus, <laughs> part the bus. FC, we seemingly are at the moment. So, um, so, so yeah, we'll we'll have to wait and see kind of what what uh, what 
what comes uh, in the game. So wrapping it up for this week with a prediction from from you, Dana. Reading have I'll just pop this stat in here as well. Reading haven't won at the Riverside since 25th of February 2012. That was our play playoff, not playoff winning season. Sorry, that was our championship winning season. Ian Hart scored a magical free kick with his wand of a left foot. Um, but yeah, <laughs> See, it's always a wand of a left foot, isn't it? It's it's always it's always that way. Um, but yeah, we've never had much luck at the Riverside. Will that end oh. this week? Do you think? You know what's going to happen now, Matt? You're going to win. <laughs> oh, this <laughs> happens. But no, um, you know what? We haven't been beaten in succession. You know, whenever we lose, we bounce back. And I do have confidence that we'll bounce back again. I don't think it's going to be um, as big of a gulf between the, t- the, between the teams as some people would. I do expect it to be a tight game. I'm going to go with a 2-1 or a victory, and I, I will take that. You're very modest with a 2-1 two, two, victory there, because to be honest, I can't see anything other than like a 2-3-0 or loss, to be honest. That's that's more, uh, I'll go 2-0. We won't go fully depressing and go 3-0. I'll go 2-0. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, if you can give us a point, uh, please, 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 because we seemingly need it with an impending points mm. deduction coming. But, um, yeah. But, 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 yeah. Um, no, I, I I can't I can't um, predict anything else than a two 0 loss. Sorry, well, Reading fans, I'm d- talking this up massively. I know and encouraging everyone to go. I was going to say Tom and our podcast went for four 0 so that's more like it. Yeah, you, you can't you can't not back your team when you're going when you're going well. So um, mm. yeah, I I don't begrudge him from four 0 So it, it could very <laughs> easily be. Um, But anyway, thank you so much, uh, Dana, for joining us. Obviously, she's from the Borough Breakdown. If you want to get your fix of, obviously, Borough content ahead of the game, go over to their Twitter, go go listen to their podcast and everything. It's absolutely fantastic. Probably one of the better ones in the championship or best ones in the championship um, at the moment. So I highly recommend going over there and and, uh, listening to it. But thank you very much for popping on, on Dana. And um, yeah, we will will catch everyone after the game for a post-match podcast. We'll see you all then.